today on Bell and the Birdmen. Does beating bad teams make them a good team? Also, John has a theory about Washington. And could the Eagles take another quarterback in the draft? It's all coming from the last out media studios. But first, Taylor, hit the music! Hello, everybody. It is a glorious Tuesday night. The liquid death has been cracked, and you are here with us, along with Vince Quinn and, of course, Taylor Credatus behind the glass. It is an important week. Why? Because I believe the Washington football team is tanking. Folks, we'll get into that in a second. It's a soft one, but it's there. Uh, Vince Quinn, we have heard a lot about Jonathan Gannon this week. We have heard a lot about Nick Sirianni and uh, great numbers head coaching opportunities. Uh, Doug Peterson still trying to get one down in, in uh, Jacksonville, and I yes. love it. How are you, buddy? How, where's your mind at this week? Well, first off, uh, there we go. So, Is there anything better than starting off the show with cold mountain water from the Alps? No. And served in a can with a flaming skull at 16.9 ounces? I do. I, I say no. A- after I how my no. day's been, no. Uh, <laughs> so um, that sounds good to me. By the way, I wish I just had like, you know those little jewelry boxes mm. and you open it up and there's like a ballerina. It's like, tink, 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 yeah, How many of those do you have? Uh, none anymore. I've got four. Yes. Okay. <laughs> well, you have a lot of rings. Um, no. So I just want to open those up. I just want to have one of those. Yeah. But when you open it up, it's you and it's just... Oh, like as soon as you open up the box, like I'm just having a crappy day and I can just walk home and just, oh, like in the middle of the afternoon on a Tuesday. Oh, like I would just, I just need that. It would make me so happy and my life more complete. Which Uh, gives me an idea. Uh, Taylor, if you think this is a bad idea, you let me know. Yes. Can we make one of those? Does anyone know how to make one of those to put your voice on it? Because I'm totally down to Can do we that. Can we get, yeah, like somebody on Etsy yeah. or, you know, I, if we could make one, I just want <laughs> one. I, if we had one that we could make and sell, like, put it for the Eagles Autism Foundation. I would love it. That would be cool as shit. little liquid death can right next to it, gold plated, whatever it is. <laughs> it's you with holding a can plated. of liquid death <laughs> and it rotates. You have the arm out, it's the whole thing. Yeah. And, and we sell that box, that Taylor, one you like of this a kind. Idea? I, I know you can like get one of those cards. Cards and like record a message into it. Ah, oh, like that. that's, <laughs> that's a whole other level of fun. Okay, right. that's that's good information right there. If you want it, 215-509-5833. Text <laughs> us and we will figure it out. But Vince, uh, you got to help me figure this out because I think we might be, I don't know if we're at odds or not. That's why we need to have the discussion here. Yeah. It is coaching cycle time. Like everyone's that has been previously that everyone thinks about now. We're all going through coordinators. Hey, thank God Todd Bowles is getting interviewed for a job. That's, that's all awesome. Uh, Jonathan Gannon's name came up in this hiring cycle. <laughs> it did. And you polled everybody on Bell and the Bird. I honestly thought you were drunk because I didn't see Tom Pelissaro's tweet yes. at all. I'm going, is this seriously a question? Like out loud, <laughs> Vince is wondering what the Eagles fan base thinks. If Wait. Jonathan Gannon should be a head coach, what's your answer to this? Uh, still no for me? Still no. Yeah. No for, no for everybody. It's a no, and it was a no for literally 93%. <laughs> Of the 275 people that voted on that poll, 93%. Do we have something wrong here? No. Is something wrong? We missing something? No, okay. we're not We're not missing anything. I mean, what has he done? And and honestly, you look at the defense, and, and for where I thought they would be at the end of the year, like top 10 unit, yeah. and they're starting to drift 
into those categories. It, it's fascinating because when they've played the good teams, they've lost. They've lost. <laughs> they've given up. Like, think about this. And, and it sounds kind of funny to look back on it now. Looking back on the season as a whole is kind of hilarious. But yeah. l- looking back at it now, remember the Kansas City game? Do I? Kansas City kicked their ass. Destroyed them. That was not. And they eight, shouldn't have. That was yes. not eight wins in a row. Kansas City. That uh-huh. was. They have no idea what they're doing. Uh, the Monstars took Patrick Mahomes' soul out of his body and uh, had Allen, him throw some interceptions. Yeah, yeah. So, some little pipsqueak got like really ripped and had big curly hair. But uh, when that happened, they destro- They got dismantled. Mm-hmm. Like good quarterbacks, even average to not very good quarterbacks. There we go. Have. Crush the Eagles at times. And yeah. now it's like, all right, Jake Fromm and Mike Glennon, uh, Zach Wilson, they're beating really bad quarterbacks now. Uh, even Garrett Gilbert played fine against the Eagles, all things considered. <laughs> I mean, the guy was off the yeah. street two days before, off a New England yeah, practice in squad. In context, absolutely. So yes. he, he played a pretty good game against them. So thinking about how good is the defense, it hasn't been that good. I mean, do we look at the job of Jonathan Gannon and go like, wow, he's really dominating? Or is it just like Darius Slay's had some pick sixes and been mm-hmm. a golden god, and then it's him, Hargrave's been pretty damn good, should have gotten to the Pro Bowl. Cox is like, uh, good, not yeah. where he was, but good, and that pretty much drives the whole team. Well, and see, this has been kind of like the hype train for for both sides of the football. Now, now because like all of the stats that were supposed to be enamored with is now coming out for the defense first that we're celebrating you know what Nick Sirianni has done now I even think I saw this week the Eagles were tweeting out like that right now this team is like fourth all time in rushing yards all time all time and the only one of relevancy in this era who is on that list at number two can you guess Oh, God. It is modern-day football. It's a pretty interesting answer. <laughs> it's the Ravens. No, it's still the Eagles. I'm sorry. Oh, it's in, still in, the Eagles. In okay. context of the Eagles, 2021, I believe, is fourth on that list. Yeah. This recently, this year, is number two on the list. Do you know who the coach was? Do you know the year where they led? They <laughs> were pretty close to breaking the 1949 record. Wow. Uh, it wasn't 2017, was it? It was 2013. With Chip oh, Kelly okay. and massive amount of snaps and like all yeah, that other stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's interesting. That was the first thing. Like I was like, huh, we hate Chip Kelly so much, and yet he's run the ball more than Nick Sirianni in this historic level or whatever. Uh, but to me, this is just saying the Eagles know how to beat bad teams. We want to give so much credit to Nick Sirianni, but no credit to Jonathan Gannon whatsoever. When both of these guys, I believe personally, are just running what was there before for the most part. Jeff Stoutland, Shane Steichen, a little bit of hybrid and different. But Jonathan Gannon, and like all of this, wow, the defense has really improved. Yes, because they're playing three-headed fucking monsters like Jake Fromm, uh, Mike Glennon, Gilbert, you you mentioned like every single one of uh, average to bad quarterbacks they've destroyed. They've beaten up. Slays intercepted them. Uh, wide receivers aren't that good, et cetera, et cetera, whatever it is. I'm not giving any credit to either side of just like these guys have elevated. The, this is a weak football team that has a dominant offensive line that has a great defensive line. And that's pretty much it. They beat up on bad teams. Now, I, I, they did that in the Super Bowl run, too, and we didn't want to complain about that because it was humming so much. But this is a 500 football team that's in the mix with all these other dog shit teams that we keep making fun of. So I'm giving no extra credit to Jonathan Gannon. I don't think he deserves a head coaching job, nor do I think, like, you know, what he did is that bad. Because well, let me run this quick theory by you. Okay. 
We know that. And by the way, <clears throat> pat yourself on the back. I'll do that too. Like Me? Fletcher oh, Cox, this whole this whole ordeal of from the offseason of are they going to trade them? Uh, are are they not? All this other stuff. Uh, we said on the previous podcast, I believe, mm-hmm. Fletcher Cox demanded a trade. That's why all that came up after the contract was guaranteed and all that other stuff. In your mind, what has Jonathan Gannon adapted himself to to be a better defense? Nothing. Can we, can we point I, to one thing? Can we? Because here's my theory. Fletcher Cox went to him and said, I'm a pass rusher. We know what happened in the media. Jeff McClain writing this article, too, by the way, which it all kind of ties in together. Why he was mad at him. Why he wouldn't accept he might be oh, yes. turning all this other oh, stuff. Yes. Don't you believe it is a possibility that when that conversation happens, Fletch goes, it's either me or him and you choose. And Darius Slay that was with Jim Schwartz here knows the system and wants to kind of do his own thing. Fletcher Cox wants, who is going to listen to Jonathan Gannon on that side of the ball? Is there any young players on the defensive side of the ball that I can, other than the linebackers? Yeah, that's, that was the only thought that I had. Corners are vets. Safeties are vets. <laughs> the whole line's vet other than, you know, Milton Williams. So I think Fletch just went in there and say, run Schwartz's shit. That's what I like. And that's what they've done, essentially. I don't see them like any crazy zones, or whatever. I'm just, I just see Fletcher Cox demanding going back in there, being more effective than anything that, since we've seen him in Jonathan Gannon's defense. Because yeah. all I want to do is go rush the quarterback. They allow him to do so. Oh, suddenly the defense is better. That's it. That's all Jonathan Gannon did was just succumb to Fletcher Cox, in my opinion. Yeah. And finally put in TJ Edwards and let the guy start. Like, uh, that guy, I saw a tweet going around. I think it was Thomas Peterson. Shout out to Thomas. Thomas is the man. Thomas. So he put out that uh, TJ Edwards was the highest graded linebacker in the NFL last week. Per PFF, yeah. That's that's something. But it took him a while to get there, and we all sat around for a while, and we're like, why isn't he in? Why isn't Davion Taylor playing more? I don't know what his situation is, by the way. It's been a while. Still still but, on the IR, I believe. Yeah, so yeah. that stinks. Um, but... Yeah, those, those are the only tweaks. Like, Fletcher Cox has played some defensive end on pass rushing downs. Great. And they changed it up to linebackers. But generally, like, when he was aggressive, he stopped being aggressive. It's, it is Schwartz. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, Schwartz. it really is Schwartz. <laughs> so thinking about, is he a good team? Is, is he doing a good job? Does he deserve to be a head coach? Is the defense good? Is the team good, frankly? Like, here's the fascinating thing, right? Beating up on all the bad teams is, on some level, an accomplishment. It is, because when you're beating a bad team is one thing. Like, 17 to 10, that's okay, you beat a bad team. You beat them by a touchdown. How great are you? They're blowing out a lot of these bad teams, so that is impressive. The thing is, it all works so well together. Like, this this shows how this team is built, which is the defense, as it was built under Schwartz, built to play downhill. Undoubtedly, that's always what it's been. So, when you get the opportunity to play these bad teams and get a little bit of a lead, well, now you're going after these guys. Now they are throwing pick sixes and turning the ball over, and you're getting these long down and distances. You're playing the field position game, short field, helping this offense, all that kind of stuff. It all comes together, but it's because they're built to snowball once they get up on these bad teams. Are you going to get up on... Almost like somebody said that in the earlier season. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, yeah. So that's that's how they're built. And and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. But are they good? Are they great? Are they going to hold up against these better teams? No. Probably not. The the defense, I don't expect to hold up like this. I'll say that. I, I don't expect them to hold up like this at all. Neither do I. And I guess it's just like, I, I'm not, 
Well, well, let me put it to you this way. Just in just in context of the whole thing, forget Jonathan Gannon. Let's include Nick Sirianni's side of the ball in this, too, because, I mean, we can make the same exact arguments for Nick Sirianni and Jonathan Gannon in that context, essentially. Yeah. So I don't know why Nick gets more credit and Jonathan, Jonathan Gannon, I guess, doesn't. Uh, <laughs> anybody want to figure that one out for me? Like, I just they if we're saying, well, they just beat up bad teams then why aren't we saying that about the offense? I agree. I'm just saying, like, why why aren't we why aren't we going? Well, that's that's nothing special. But Nick's this golden goose or whatever it is. <laughs> coach of the year, John. Come on, he's coach of the year. Let's throw a parade. Let's get the fire trucks. Uh, let's let's run Nick Sirianni himself down Broad Street. He's the greatest coach we've ever seen. Like, get the hell out of here, okay? It's completely ridiculous. Is it nice that the team has turned around and had some sense of identity? It's it's all nice, and it makes me believe that he's an actual head coach now. But until about three weeks ago. I didn't think he belonged. I mean, and five weeks ago, we all thought he was hired as a bit. So <laughs> it, it's it's crazy to think of where this has gone with the love train, especially with Sirianni versus Gannon. You're yeah. totally right on that. It's, it, it's very peculiar. It's very odd. Uh, one of the things that does bother me, though, yeah. with all this and credit, and all, like people are ripping the Eagles for not beating good teams right now. And that's how they're getting into the playoffs. But right? why isn't that legitimate? Why isn't that legitimate? Here's, yeah. here's why it's not legitimate. Because, I mean... Basically, over the course of the season, you're going to play some good teams. You're going to play some bad teams. Early in the season, they played some very good teams. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're playing Green Bay. You played the Chargers. You played Tampa Bay. Like, the San Francisco was going to make the playoffs and start to figure things out. Generally speaking, you played a really good slate, and we were all horrified of that slate at the beginning of the season. Yeah. So, you were front-loaded. So, now it's, it's, it's all the same. You know, you're going to play bad teams and good teams. So, it's all going to shake out the same over 18 games. It's just that it turned out that all the good teams were up front. And all the bad teams are in the back. So that's how you get these records. I mean, it's, it's just what it is. So I can't fault them for not just beating the bad teams, but destroying the bad teams and doing that one by one by one when that's how they lined up. So Except this, for that Giants loss. We'll just forget about well, that. Well, we, we will. It, it doesn't matter. I told you they were going to win by like 30 the next time they played. They did. So, so everything's right in the world there. Yep. But, but that's what they did. Like, so if you're, if, I mean, is it any different if they blew out the Giants this week, if instead they did it week five in between a uh, Tampa Bay loss and a Green Bay loss or, or however the sh- yeah. schedule is shaking out? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, is it really any different? The end result is the same. If anything, now it's just this team's winning games, winning by a ton, playing with confidence. People are going to be a little bit scared of them. They're putting up record numbers, like, and they're healthy. So to be this close, this healthy, this level of rolling right now, that's a great place to be. Yeah, I guess when you kind of put it in that context, we'd be asking the same questions if you reverse the schedule completely, where it's just like, all right, you're going to start out with the Cowboys. You probably get crushed. But then from there on, be like, oh, look at this. Like, yeah, they're, we obviously didn't expect them to be at Dallas's talent level, where they are with, you know, years and years of good drafting and blah, blah, blah. So I think that's a, actually a, a, a pretty decent argument. Uh, but but to me, like, and actually to your, I, you're dismantling me pretty easily. I'm Yay! coming to your side pretty easily. Welcome aboard. Because if you think about it, uh, you know, beating Atlanta the way that they did, we just assume, I mean, you were way ahead of bad teams. You know, from starting from ground zero, essentially having a couple of months to get these guys together, understanding what they're doing and all that. From that perspective, like, got to think that's pretty impressive. Then you're almost at the mark of where San Francisco and you are right now, even with Jimmy G going down. And here comes Trey Lance, which should make the uh, playoff picture pretty interesting, too, as well. Um, But, you know, I would say that they're just as good as San Francisco. 
yeah, looking at the parameters. They're right there. And they have clearly less talent on, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, better playmakers overall between Debo Samuel. You know, we don't, you don't need to sell you on that stuff, but like, I I think that's right. And I actually, I wasn't really looking at it that that way. I was just looking. I was like, yeah, this is this is good teams versus bad teams, and who knows what those. Honestly, if they faced Tampa Bay right now during this week, they would have a great shot of winning because of the injuries, because of where it's at. If they had to play them this week as opposed to yeah, where we were on, what was that? It ended up being a Thursday night football yeah, game, if Thursday, I remember. So, Thursday. Yeah, Vince Quinn, thank you for taking me taking me to yeah, the uh, like, like I was ready to come on and do battle with you. Hell yeah, I honestly man. was. No, welcome aboard. Because yeah. like that's that's the thing, man. You look at this right now, I want Tampa so bad. In the playoffs, I want him so bad. This is the moment, right? Because think about it, okay? Uh, Godwin's Coach out Gary for the year. I totally agrees with you, by the way. He texted me this morning. Like, oh, yes! I want Tampa. Thank you, Gary. Yeah. Uh, and I, I owe him a letter apologizing for Jordan Howard. It's, <laughs> it's, I, I haven't forgotten, Gary. It's, it's still coming. Okay. But All right. Tampa right now. Uh, Shaq Barrett injured. Mike Evans injured. Chris Godwin injured. Leonard Fournette injured. And those dudes, they're not getting all those dudes back. Though. No. I, I will take them right now, and the Eagles could absolutely win that game in the playoffs. 100%. <sighs> the only, I, I feel great about that matchup. Here's where I push back. <laughs> when is the last time Tom Brady got bounced out of the first round? Or his first playoff appearance? Yeah, it's a uh, long time. I'm trying to think. I feel like New England lost a playoff game in the divisional round maybe three years ago. I, I feel like it wasn't that long ago. Four yeah. years ago. But just, it's not often. I'm not. I'm never wanting to go against Tom Brady. Even yes. Oh, super, you know what it was? Super. Actually, this is really funny. Oh. You, you know when the Patriots did lose with Tom Brady in the playoffs, and I think it was first or second round. Derrick Henry and the Tennessee oh, right. Titans. <laughs> the end of the game with a pick six. I completely just erased that from my memory for whatever reason. So, but just. Pounding them to the oblivion is what worked in that game, right? And Ryan Tannehill had a stunner. I kind of, I'm, I'm piecing it together. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's that's how they beat him before. By the way, Derrick Henry and the Tennessee Titans kind of similar <laughs> to what's going on here. Just, a little different, but similar. That's why I yelped so loud. Yeah. So there's the, there's something to that. Yeah. Right. Like I would, might I would convince love me of two things on this podcast. Yeah. Vince Quinn, so like. let's go. We're gonna kick Tampa's ass. We're All making right. the playoffs. Everything's great. Uh, I want to get to the, the playoff stuff in a minute because you, you have a great theory oh, God. That, that I want to talk about, and it's very exciting. Thank for all you, Rodney. Rivera. Yes. Uh, but here, here's the other thing, too. Because of that theory, uh, the Dallas game's probably not going to matter. Nope. So, Especially at, what did you uh, look up on the the always accurate, uh, what's it, 536 or whatever? Five, five, yeah, 538. 538. Uh, so 538 projected the Eagles right now, 68% chance of making the playoffs. And there's enough scenarios out there. Basically, San Francisco wins this week. Packers. the Dolphins. Uh, they, San Francisco just has to beat the Houston Texans. Mm-hmm. I would assume they do that even with Trey Lance. And then uh, the Packers need to beat the Vikings. Those things happen. The Eagles win. They're in. And by the way, because of all the scheduling changes that are happening, I really wish NFL, you had a flexed uh, the Packers and Vikings. I get it. It's Aaron Rodgers, all that stuff to one o'clock. But they're the night game. The way this all kind of spreads out is we're going to be scoreboard watching a little bit. But we basically have to stay up until the end of that game to know if the Eagles got a spot or not. So what we're going to do on Sunday, come out to the Henry James Saloon, watch the game, watch all of us, you know, Eagles take care of business, which I'm sure we're not going to change our mind at all this week. No, no. And we will live stream as well during Packers Vikings. If it gets out of hand, we'll do our postgame show there. But we are going to wait until that's done to, yeah. to release it, but assuming, we'll be here all day Sunday. Assuming that the, the 49ers beat 
Houston. Which is, yeah, that's we're at four that o'clock. Happens. Yes. So that'll happen at four. They'll play that game. So Eagles win, Niners win at four. Then we'll go live, and I guess we'll have to do just Man, more I of think a. We should be, maybe we should just be on all day. What do you think, T? I don't know. Just sit at the bar all day. <laughs> well, it'd be basically. David Mills might show up. You never know. That's what I'm saying. I like, would say this uh, if we want to take a break, like the game, yeah, Eagles game ends, come back here. we'll pack up, we'll come back here to the, uh, to the studio, and then we just start from the second half. And we can cover that and see where it goes. I like that idea. And you then, tell us if you want something else different in there. But we, yeah, so yeah. That, that's our plans for that. But getting back to, sorry. All, all of this, yeah, yeah. because uh, talking about the Eagles and 500 teams and how they stack up and are they good and, and what's the rest of this going to look like, the Dallas game would have been a great opportunity. Might not matter for anybody. Might not. We'll see. We'll see if, the, if how much the seeding matters and if these teams care enough if you don't have a bye and you're going to get home field anyway. Like, how much are you really going to fight? We'll, we'll see. But I would love for it to matter, that game. Because then, mm-hmm. going into the playoffs, yeah, I mean, they had no idea who they were against Dallas. I put the tweet out uh, earlier today on the, on the Bell and the Bird account. They had three called runs for running backs against Dallas earlier this year. Three! Like, three! This team, this team which runs at a historic rate, it's like the best running team we've ever seen. Every lineman's a superstar. They ran three times. So, how interesting. How different is that game going to look? 3D chess, Nick Sirianni knew the scenario was going to happen at the end of the year, and he didn't want to show it. Yeah, there it is. That's it. We nailed it. We nailed it. Great great work. He is coach of the year now. I've actually changed on that. Uh, so, but, but you're probably not going to get that game, and part of that is the Washington thing. So, yeah. so tell people what's going on with Washington. So, I mean, I don't know if you saw this, but Ron Rivera came out in his press conference and said something along the lines of Taylor Hineke is going to start, but probably you will see Kyle Allen in this game. Now, who says that with any intention of a game plan of going, we're taking this seriously, this game. Now, uh, joyous from Sunday night as those (laughs) Washington football team benches got flown in, heated, and really heated because there was fights between Payne and uh, who's our favorite friend? Allen, Jonathan Jonathan Allen. I mean, the head. Who pokes another man's head? You're asking for a fight. Unbelievable. So they're fighting. They get their ass kicked 56 to 7. And all I'm hearing this week is, oh, worst time. Shouldn't have happened. They're going to turn around. They're going to fight because they don't want to be embarrassed. Are you kidding me? They checked out. That was their season. That's done. They're tanking, guys. Soft tanking, hard tanking, whatever it is. And I keep hearing the opposite. Like they're going to come back and, oh, this could be a really tight football game. No, I would like to announce today the Philadelphia Eagles have made the playoffs. Woo! Or at least Washington is not going to get in the way of getting them to the playoffs. And here's my theory. You hear this. They owe us one, first and foremost. You got them into the playoffs. Everybody's been saying that, and thank you for reminding us. Absolutely true. Two, Nate Sudfeld is on the roster. (laughs) He gets the fourth quarter, doesn't he? (laughs) Just by planning all this stuff? (laughs) So, like, it lines up perfectly, and here's the clincher. Are you ready in my hand? Okay. I'm going to Glenn Mack now this. This paper that I have written out, from 15 to 7 in terms of current NFL draft order in 2022. You tell me who needs quarterbacks in this draft, okay? Steelers at 15, yes or no? Yes. Saints at 7 and 8, yes or no? Yes. 14 uh, in the draft order. Browns at 7 and 8 at 13. Maybe. Yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe. I'm sure as fuck not giving Baker Mayfield five years. I tell you that much. No. They're not signing that option. 12, a very outside shot, in my opinion, will have to, I, I think maybe even... 
Packers game might determine this in terms of Zimmer and coaching and GM changes. Vikings at 7-8 and eight at 12 currently in the draft. Yeah, order. it depends on Cousins and his deal. If he has two years left, no. If he's got one year left, yes. Broncos at 11-7-8. and eight. Quarterback, yes or no? Yes, God, yes. Absolutely. No, but Drew Locke is the answer. Trust me. Uh, <laughs> Did you see great. Vic Fangio basically throwing him under the bus and like, this guy sucks. Oh, I, you can't do it fast <laughs> enough. Yeah, I would I would lay him right under the bus. Uh, coming in at number 10, the Atlanta Falcons and Matt Ryan. Yes, they were in the fields conversation before. Yeah, I'm going to skip the Washington football team at nine and go directly to eight. The New York Giants at five and ten. They should, but they've just committed to Daniel Jones, John. They can't possibly <laughs> move on from a guy that's you know you think is such a great star. New GM comes in, does it matter? I don't think so. It shouldn't. I don't think so. It shouldn't. But it, the Giants seem to be dumb, so who knows? Uh, that is very true. God bless the Mars. So, and then there's the Washington Football Team at six and nine. So there are one, two, three, four, five, six teams that could potentially be ahead of you in a win that more than likely needs quarterbacks or need to develop or need to draft or need to find solutions. Can you tell me anyone that is dumb enough that would win this football game on this list? Can you t- I can- there are they are not going to try and win this football game. They are not going to try and win this football game. They are not going to try and win this football game. No, there is no way. And if they are, they're so incredibly stupid that they'll be so bad next year. They don't have anybody in the pen. It doesn't matter. That's what I'm saying. Like this is I they have to go draft a quarterback. This is why it was brilliant to draft Jalen Hurts. I'm looking at this list and that's why I'm bringing this up too. can you see this fucking list? And we're not even to the top seven. Six, essentially, that all need quarterbacks. God bless Howie Roseman. God bless you. And God bless the Eagles for making the playoffs, Vince. <laughs> They're getting in, man. <laughs> yeah. And, and it is it is poetry that Washington is the team that's going to be tanking against the Eagles. And Nate Sudfeld's on the team. Like that's, it, <laughs> Nate, If I was Nate Sudfeld, I would become the tanking quarterback. Like when you, yeah. when you sign Nate Sudfeld, it's just a signal to everybody that you're throwing in the towel. Like yeah. everyone just knows the second he shows up. It's like, oh, things got really bad here. Huh? Nate's here. Okay. So <laughs> lean into it, Nate. Just embrace it. Just embrace the chaos. Oh, it's shit, worth. we're tanking, huh? Well, at least they'll get another quarter of tape this season. <laughs> it's, it's good for the brand. So, yeah, we'll see Kyle Allen. Maybe we see Sudfeld, and you're going to get the win. So, Are they tanking, Vince Quinn? Washington? Yeah. Good to bet. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Definitely. So that kind of... Then, then on kind of the, the other side of this, like, the Eagles seem to be in a pretty good position outside of Dallas for the other two teams to just kind of keep floating away essentially like they have the I, I don't know long term short term the Eagles like this year and next year have a possibility to go in and honestly dominate the division now that really requires us having some faith in the front office Jeffrey Laurie Howie Roseman doing all those things which you clearly don't uh, I'm talking to you not Vince uh, but uh, what do you make of how this could be used Carson Got uh, tested positive today, by the way. Yeah. I don't know how that's going to go. CDC also put the guidelines from 10 days to five five in terms of if you're having asymptomatic, you know, uh, things from COVID, you can kind of return to the roster faster. But 
you know, uh, it's possible that that and even the Indy Star wrote about this. The Carson missing out on the playoffs that that kind of enhances that pick that we were kind of ho hum. Oh about yeah, over, I mean, right? if it turns out that Wentz basically plays every game, hits the mark, they don't make the playoffs, and we get that pick. That's poetry as well. I mean, this is this is just a beautiful slate of things to happen for the Eagles' favor. And it is interesting, too, thinking about draft picks and Washington to tank to get up there and maybe get a quarterback. We'll see where this quarterback class is. It might mm-hmm. be that it's so bad that they can't take a quarterback that high. Like, Are you, you taking a quarterback in this draft class, by the way? If I'm the, Eagles, the Eagles, yes. Me too. Second round or, or, or I would yeah. say the same thing. Anywhere anywhere from the second round back it is totally open for me. And people are going to go nuts and be like, Vince, you <laughs> Russell Wilson-loving son of a bitch! How could you do this to Jalen Hurts? You animal! You clearly hate this man! No, I just I look at the league and I see where everything is, and I look at this draft class. If you're looking at a draft class where none of these guys are first-rounders, it's a Geno Smith super draft, then <laughs> that's fine! That, that means you're going to have a lot of options. And for the Eagles to be, let's say, I don't know, 19, 24... 26 and have all those picks and be able to trade down to get the guy that you want, even if you overdraft him. Let's say they trade down to 32, theoretically, although they might win the Super Bowl. Uh, no, okay, 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 okay. Well, but, they beat Tampa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if, if they if they wanted to trade down to, say, 32 and they took a quarterback, I mean, it'd be a first-round quarterback, but mm-hmm. whatever. I, I, like, I know, it's again, it sounds offensive, but there are injuries you do want a guy like Gardner Minshew on your team. And also, Gardner Minshew wants out. Yeah. He he wants to start somewhere. He's on the last year of a rookie deal. He's credibly invaluable at that point. I don't know if everyone caught that this week, but Jeff McClain did have a report stating a couple of weeks ago, Gardner Minshew went up to coach and said, how do I start this year? And he goes, it's basically not possible because that hurts his job for this year. Yeah. So Minshew wants to start. He's got one last year where he's super valuable to any team in the league that wants him, and somebody's going to go get him. So at Under a million dollars, what do you think Minshew fletch, fetches the Eagles? Minimum of four. I think so, too. I, I think it ends up being a three. Thanks, Jacksonville. Yeah. Like, who doesn't want a, a, a starting caliber quarterback? And wouldn't you say that Minshew, if that Dallas game doesn't mean anything, probably gets another display game there, too? Right? Well, yeah. If, if he plays well against whatever Dallas puts out on the field, great. Mm-hmm. Absolutely great. I mean, honestly, I, yeah, if you can bench Hurts for a week. That's like yeah, get him ready for the play with the ankle and all that. Yeah, yeah. To take him off for the week. So you could trade Minshew. You're probably trading Minshew. So then you're going to need another quarterback. And like you laid out this list earlier. So you put this out in a tweet. The uh, was it today? I, oh, yeah. yeah. So uh, ba- go, go through that. Basically, 60 percent of the league has used two or more quarterbacks this year. The Saints <laughs> have used four. There's a, a handful that have used three, including the Washington football team. And then, you know, I mean, using two quarterbacks in a year isn't isn't uncommon. But that, I believe, is a percentage rise already and the season is still yet to go 15 new quarterbacks started this year so essentially like not all of them because not all of them but 36 quarterbacks started this year in different positions in different teams in different spots sorry guys i just want to rotate this back the two qb system however you want to feel about it and again this is more like nhl goalies than it is like college two qb system but the proof is in the pudding. The, this, if you're losing Gardner Minshew, you need somebody to develop on the backside that's cheap. So maybe it's uh, Doug Peterson's uh, 33rd team article that's re-inspiring me again. But yes, <laughs> keep drafting quarterbacks in the second and third round. 
that's where the new backup is. And then trade them off if they're too good or still not better than your starter or start them. Like that just seems what you should be doing. And everyone that makes fun of the QB factory thing, I get it, but uh, it's paid dividends every single year. And it has since what, uh, 2002? Uh Uh-huh. Why are we so scared of it? Why are we so scared of it? This is crazy. I I mean, God forbid Hurts has competition. You know, he wins the competition or he loses it. I mean, how do you feel about that? If they drafted a guy in the second round and he beat out Hurts for the job after everything that he's done about how how well-respected he is in that locker room because the team loves him. If a guy comes in and plays better than Hurts, that's pretty damn good for a second-round yeah. draft pick. And I would so, say even in that scenario, they still give the nod to Hurts, and unless he falls off, the other guy's Trey Lance. Jimmy Garoppolo, through all the bullshit that happened, by the way, where it's back and forth, and this is my team, and no one knows what to do, and Trey Lance is, is stepping in here at 8-7, and seven, same scenario. That was the original 2QB team that I pegged, and they're doing that, and it's working! That's all I'm saying. It's not egregious. It's not egregious. And at the same time, to your point, you can also occasionally find a better starting quarterback. Yeah. And and I'm okay with it just from the idea of if you're not going the superstar veteran quarterback, which again is 1A, B, C, D, E, F, and G, then <laughs> if you're going to go the opposite route, mm-hmm. it's basically, uh, it, it, if you play fantasy football, there's the zero running back theory. It's basically zero quarterback theory, which is you constantly draft in the second or third round, fourth round, like you're always drafting, developing high upside guys, guys that can generally run to start as well. So you can use that element effectively early. You build everything else. Build your offensive line and maintain that. Tight end now. You've got that. You keep building that. Maintain that. Wide receiver needs to get built up. You build up the defense. Get some youth in there. So you have a full team. And then you keep trying these guys. Second, third. Have them compete. Jalen Hurts is who knows what their ceiling is. Floor is good. Great. Keep playing them. And if one of those guys takes off, well, now you've got a fully built team, a guy on a rookie deal, and you have all the world at your fingertips to go and win a title or two the same way Kansas City did. Like, that's the avenue. Mm-hmm. So if you're not going to go in on that $35, $40 million quarterback, go in on the, I don't know, $1.2 million quarterback. Exactly. And have those guys compete and be healthy and basically just churn them out until somebody hits. And you'll know when to go after another Carson Wentz, another whoever's at the, the the top, like, hey, this this is worth it between like talent, we where we think this person's at, and make a bet. Sure, but I think we said this earlier in the year, this is very Brownsy to me. All of this seems very Brownsy, very Kansas City, very let's let's keep building until I, I think that's a, a great point to to bring back up again. And I I I, I don't think it's any any time of like uh Hurts needs to do better or pressure needs to go this way. I just think it's part of what we're seeing again. And who knows if next year they're going to go, yep, we're ready for 18 games. Probably won't, but I mean, like in a year or two, you're going to get another bump. It's always just, I think you get ahead of it uh, absolutely this year. Yeah, it's it's the one advantage that nobody else really does. Everyone knows it's valuable to have a guy on a rookie deal, and then what do they do? They pay that guy 50 times more, <laughs> and then the team totally changes, and everything you build is different. Fine. Yeah. If you want to live on the quarterback like that, fine. But then when Aaron Rodgers gets hurt and Brent Hundley comes in, you're fucked. Yes. <laughs> like, it's it's really that simple. It's, your season's over. So multiple quarterbacks, keep drafting mid-round, keep developing. One guy gets hurt, all right, Hurts is out, Minshew's in. Fine. Just keep on rolling. You got everything else. You believe in the running game, the offensive line, Goddard, Smith, and, and you let it ride. So having all these draft picks, late 20s, 
opens up that door it for does. the Eagles to move back and pick that guy if they don't get Russ Watson, whatever. Uh, should be a, a, a pretty interesting offseason. And um, kind of like the, how, I love how this is just going to put a nice bow and cherry on top of all this because it's so funny. We were all right and wrong. Every single one of us. Every Eagles fan was right or wrong. It wasn't as good and it wasn't as bad. I don't even, are you, would you take credit for how like, hey, I mean, we were more right than we were more wrong in terms of how the season ended up, but I, I can't take credit for that. This, I've changed my mind a billion times during the season. You, I think you so change you. it by the hour. <laughs> yeah. You're all over the place. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I flip-flopped a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Like, I thought they were a playoff team. Then I thought they sucked, and I wanted them to lose to the Lions, and everything blows up, and we start over again <laughs> next year. And uh, and now I'm at a point where, yeah, I want to see them make the playoffs. I've been adamant about that for a couple of weeks. They're definitely on that track. Everything's moving. Like, it is, it is cool to see that ultimately this team could be 10 wins, playoff spot, and formidable enough to beat anybody in the first round. Like, that's, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. Uh, also amazing, uh, Liquid Death Mountain Water, by the way. It is, uh, I keep telling you guys this, and for New Year's, I think it's a must. Everyone at your party is going to get hammered, and no one knows when they're half too much. Like, it's just, it's inherent in, as a, as a, my spidey senses uh, for bartending and all that, and just knowing and spotting when somebody's drunk. Liquid death, you can fool anybody. Uh, and not only because the, the can looks like it's a, a beer or an energy drink or some like crazy tequila in a can or whatever it is. No one knows the difference between cold water or cold vodka and tequila when they're hammered. You can fool anybody. <laughs> so if you'd be like, oh, my God, wait until I give you this liquid death and you're pouring like a huge shot and they take it down like, ah, it just tastes like water. It's like, yeah, dummy. It's because it was, you know, like uh, I, that's a, a, a big part. If you're throwing a, a New Year's Eve party in, in, a, in a couple of days and a couple of whatever, go to 7-Eleven and get yourself some liquid death. Go to Walmart and get yourself some liquid death. Go to Whole Foods and get yourself some liquid death. Or simply just go to liquiddeath.com slash bell. You get free shipping and 12 of these bad boys sent to you uh, courtesy of just listening to this wonderful podcast and watching it and doing all that stuff. Can't thank liquid death enough uh, for all of its incredible support along with you. And that is why uh, they want you to have free shipping on on any case that you order through liquiddeath.com slash bell. Do you have any New Year's plans, by the way? You, are you a New Year's guy? I am not a New Year's guy. Uh, yeah, I, I actually do have plans. They're not major. Well, there are major plans for me. So push-ups, what, yoga. Uh, well, I need both of those things actually. <laughs> that's uh, that's that's starting tomorrow. But for now, uh, I'm going to see my brother in D.C. What's up, uh, Vince's brother in D.C.? Yeah, he was on the text line, by the way. And he was? He wants more Greg Ward. Yeah, uh, Tom Quinn. It, so it he does, Tom, yeah. it does go into the family. It Everybody does. Everybody wants more Greg Ward. He's good. He's good. He's a professional receiver. Give him the ball. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to go down, see him, see my niece. It's crazy because with the pandemic and all the way uh, all this stuff is shaking out, he's been living in D.C. for like two years, Alexandria for two years. I haven't seen his house yet. <laughs> I haven't seen my brother's house, and he's in driving distance. Like, the the pandemic has screwed up everything that much. So we've been working on trying to figure out a time where we could get down there. Hopefully, I I can make it down for the next couple of days. Uh, We'll talk about that. And uh, (laughs) so we'll we'll figure that out. But, yeah, like, uh, I'm trying to get down there and see him. First of all, the answer is yes. Well, there you go. Yeah, just get get down there. Thank you, sweetheart. (laughs) Everybody see family. Everybody see... Uh, whatever, whatever you want to see during uh, this holiday. See season Jingle All the Way. By the way, I watched that the other day. Have you seen Jingle All the Way in a while? 
Never seen it. Never seen it. I've oh, never seen Jingle Oh, all my the way. God. Way better than the program, whatever the hell that junk is. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Jingle All the Way, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Sinbad, absolutely hilarious. Oh, Sinbad's in, I'm in. It's a, it, Phil Hartman's in it. Phil Hartman is too? Wait, you're telling you, they, they took the two stars from House Guest and reunited for Jingle All the Way, and I didn't know. Dude, you got it. You got to watch this. Honestly, you, you, the lady, sit down, relax, all watch right. Jingle All the Way. You're welcome. Done and done, sir. Uh, 215-509-5833. Do you have New Year's plans? And can we spice them up in, in, in any way? We're happy to help, by the way. So um, we'll have plenty on Thursday because I've been working on something for like a week and a half that's like ecstasy gold, but it's a little bit different. And I'm going to give them both to you. Thursday over the weekend, we haven't really figured that out yet, but like I'm going to get you so fucking fired up for this run, it's unbelievable. Because I really do think that all the bullshit, all the big picture Tuesday stuff that we're looking at and seeing what the league's doing and see where we're at. Vince has been telling me this whole time, dude, they're going to make the playoffs. It's right there. It's 68%. I am buying in that they're going to beat Washington. They're tanking, and I can't wait to go off finally. Because at the end of the day, just remember this. The season's over, and there's a completely new season in which we don't have to talk about Jonathan Gannon's numbers and Nick Sirianni's numbers, and none of that shit matters because win ugly, win often, just go do what you can do. Go until the rails fall off and go beat Dallas. I'm ready for it. I think that's what's going to happen at the end of the day. I'm ready to see you do it. <laughs> for, for all of the arguing and back and forth ah. that we've had, I'm excited to have you on the bandwagon and just let it loose. Thursday, we all come together. We light the fire, me, Vince Quinn, Taylor Credatus, fucking loads and loads of liquid death, and you better be here with us. Can't thank you enough for all the support. Go to bellandthebirdmen.com if uh, you are not subscribed to this podcast, our YouTube channel, and uh, maybe you want to make a, a donation to the Bird Fund, which 50, uh, excuse me, half of those funds go to the Eagles Autism Foundation, half of those funds go to us maintaining this beautiful studio that we're uh, talking in and uh, seeing us do. Um, make sure you are giving us five stars wherever you can. And I believe Spotify. Spotify just open that up. Open that up. Uh, been meaning to say that for a couple of weeks. So thank you, uh, Spotify, for getting on the train. Now, if you could just give us some live audio options, that would be wonderful. Nice. Uh, Vince Quinn, anything before we go? No, that's all I got, man. It's just been, uh, it's been a fun couple of weeks and uh, ready to get that win. Absolutely. We'll see you on Thursday. Until then, bye-bye.